Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is good to be back. This is Father Bill Nicholas, back with another season of Faith, Hope, and History here on this September 9th, 2022. It was on this day in 1976 that the Chinese Communist Party Chairman Mao Zedong died, and going backwards, in 1975, the Viking II Mars probe was launched. On this day in 1957, President Eisenhower signed the first civil rights bill since Reconstruction. In 1919, a strike began by the Boston police. Some 1,118 policemen went on strike because of low wages, poor working conditions, and it was eventually broken by Governor, at that time Governor Calvin Coolidge, who called in the state militia to break the strike and enforce the law. These next two are the reasons why I decided to go backwards in time, as in 1850, on this day, California, the state of California, became the 31st state of the United States, and it was on this day in 1776 that the Second Continental Congress approved the term United States as distinct from United Colonies for this new nation that was breaking away from Great Britain. I was planning on talking about you know, thoughts I had for, of the summer and things that have happened since I last spoke to you. A lot has, in fact, happened. But just yesterday, a, an event of historical significance took place in Great Britain when Queen Elizabeth II passed away. And, of course, this podcast is called Faith, Hope, and History. It is a very historically significant event when a monarch passes away, but when we have the longest reigning monarch in the history of Great Britain, in the history of England, it is an important day and a day uh, to be noted by the world. Uh, people have mixed feelings, of course, about the history with Great Britain, but no one can deny the important presence that Queen Elizabeth II has had during her 70-year, 214-day reign over Great Britain. She's seen great changes, great progress, and she was the face of Great Britain in many ways. And she did it with grace and dignity and a great loyalty to her duty as a member of the royal family. And when you think about it, time was when kings of England and other countries maintained their power over their country through military might, and in some cases, terror, destruction, and death. Today, the monarchy in England maintains its presence in England through public relations, basically, through public relations. How much has changed over all this time since the first rulers on the British Isle after the fall of the Roman Empire, the rulers since William the Conqueror overran England and established a monarchy that has remained consistent since his conquest, and it goes down to this queen, who is the longest reigning monarch, the first of the longest reigning monarchs, 
which according to some of the sources say 23,663 days, which is 70 years and 214 days. The second longest monarch was another queen, Queen Victoria, who reigned during the 1800s and died right at the beginning of the 20th century in January of 1901. Her reign was of 63 years and 216 days. The third longest reigning monarch is one that, at least as Americans, gets our attention, George III, King George III, who was the king when the United States gained their independence from Great Britain. He reigned for 59 years and 96 days, and many of you may well know that the last decade of his reign was under regency by his son because of his mental health. And there's a very famous play and very famous movie about the madness of King George III. But he is the third longest reigning monarch and only the third of the dynasty, the Hanoverian dynasty, of English monarchs. After George III, King Henry III, who was the son of King John of particular notoriety, Henry III reigned for 56 years and just 28 days, from 1216 to 1272. After Henry III, King Edward III, who started the Order of the Garter, whose reign promoted ideas of chivalry, and who was the first king at the beginning of the Hundred Years' War between Great Britain and France. He reigned for 50 years and 127 days. And before him, after his reign, but before him in terms of length of reign, Elizabeth I, reigned for 44 years and 127 days. We know her, during her reign, such icons in literature as William Shakespeare, John Donne, Christopher Marlowe, and others did their work during that Elizabethan period. So the first of the top six longest reigns in English history, two of them were by queens named Elizabeth, with a third queen, Victoria, being the second longest monarch. But Queen Elizabeth II holds that position as the longest reigning monarch, and who knows when we will see a monarch in England or anywhere in the world reign for that long. Who knows if in the future the monarchy will continue for much longer. The English monarchy has endured and may yet endure. But we remember Elizabeth's reign that began on the 6th of February, 1952, when her father passed away, King George VI, the king who reigned during the Second World War, the king who took on the throne when his brother abdicated, King Edward VIII, advocated to marry an American divorcee, giving up the throne, as they said, for love. George VI, led his country through World War II. At his side was his queen, Elizabeth, and with them was their daughter, the future Elizabeth II, and her sister. And so there is very much a bridge of history that has passed away today through the Great Depression, through World War II, the Cold War, the 60s, and the modern era. We truly say goodbye to a leader whose name will definitely go down in history. How it will, history will tell. 
but today we remember her her life. And, and one interesting coincidence I'd like to, to note, uh, when we think of such great literary heroes as, say, Sherlock Holmes, um, he was popular and his stories were written during the reigns of Queen Victoria and her son, King Edward VII, and ultimately up to King George V, as the short story, His Last Bow, is set right before the onset of World War I. So Sherlock Holmes was very much a Victorian and Edwardian fictional character. But when you look at another British character that has had tremendous popularity over these last few decades, the character James Bond, Casino Royale was published the year after Queen Elizabeth became queen. And to many people's chagrin, the last James Bond film actually spoiler alert here, kills off James Bond. And it's interesting, less than a year later, Queen Elizabeth passes away. James Bond was Elizabeth's Secret Service. And there's even a novel, the James Bond novel, called On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Elizabeth's Secret Service. And I often wonder, it's not going to happen because the character is too much of a moneymaker, especially for Hollywood. But I, I think it would be nice if they were perhaps to retire for good the character of James Bond. Because he came to popularity and he came on the literary scene just a year after Elizabeth was crowned queen. And now his most recent film, in which the latest actor to play the role has bowed out, she has passed away. She was James Bond's queen. He was her secret agent. It was her secret service he served. And I think it would kind of be nice. This is just me and my sentimental self-talking. It would kind of be nice if they were to let James Bond bow out gracefully now that his queen has passed away. But it's been a tremendous history the kings and queens of England, in addition to studying American history and reading up on the presidents and the history of the United States, the Constitution, I have read many, many books on the English monarchy. And just to name a few, there have been some tremendously important leaders throughout English history, of which I believe Elizabeth II will go down as among them for the period in which she lived and for the length of her reign. We, of course, have William the Conqueror, who conquered in 1066 and reigned until 1087. He started the current line of succession that has been unbroken for now almost a thousand years. His son was William, known as Rufus, William II, didn't reign for quite as long. A few generations later, Henry II was the first king of the House of Plantagenet, and he's noted for being the King of England who at one time was good friends with his Chancellor Thomas Becket and eventually influenced his appointment as Archbishop of Canterbury, but a rivalry ensued and an antagonism ensued that resulted in the assassination of Thomas Becket, some say at the word of King Henry II. His son was King Richard the Lionhearted, whose brother was John, two, again, legendary kings one very good, at least in folklore, one very evil in folklore and not the best king in history. But even Richard the Lionhearted, I always find it notable that throughout his reign, they say he never set foot in England 
He was busy dealing with the territories in what is now France, and Richard, of course, was the great crusader. Edward Longshanks is featured in the movie Braveheart, known as the Hammer of the Scots. During the Wars of the Roses, we have King Henry VI, a very pious man, but not a very strong king. Edward VII eventually replaced him, whose son Edward V was the boy king. He and his brother were taken to the Tower of London and were never seen again, and were succeeded, Edward was succeeded by King Richard III, whose fame as a villain was cemented in the play by William Shakespeare. But in the last few years, his remains were found in a parking lot in England and were given a dignified burial, remembering his reign. And in some circles, his reign is being re-examined because when a monarchy or individual king is conquered, the history is written by the conqueror. And naturally, the play by Shakespeare has cemented his legacy, at least in literature, as a great villain. But it'll be interesting to see how history treats him now uh, that they're re-examining his reign. Henry VII, who replaced Richard III, was the first king of the House of Tudor, and his son was Henry VIII, who was noted for having six wives, of which two he executed, and who broke away from the Catholic Church, establishing what would eventually be the Church of England under his daughter, Queen Elizabeth I. But Queen Elizabeth would not succeed her father until her brother, Edward VI, and her sister, Mary I, or Bloody Mary, completed their reigns. And Elizabeth was the last of the Tudors. Known as the Virgin Queen, she never married, so they traced the succession to her distant cousin of the House of Stuart, King James of Scotland, who became King James I of England of the House of Stuart. Queen Elizabeth will be succeeded by her son, who is now to be styled as King Charles III, but the first of these Charleses succeeded James I. We're now in the 1600s. Charles reigned from 1625 to 1649 and was eventually beheaded by the movement that led to the Commonwealth under the leadership of Oliver Cromwell, in which England was without a monarchy for the better part of 11 years, from 1649 to 1660. But eventually, after the death of Oliver Cromwell, the, com the Commonwealth um, uh, deteriorated, and England decided to reinstate the monarchy, and Charles II became king. He had been king in exile since 1649, but he took the throne in 1661 and reigned until 1685. So a good substantial reign in which he was the king of England, Scotland, and Ireland. His son, James II, tried to reestablish Catholicism in England and was driven from the throne after just about three years and was replaced by the joint reign of Kings William and Mary, of which we have a college, university, in the United States named, the College of William and Mary, named for these two monarchs here in the United States. 
And they reigned together from 1689 until 1694, when Mary II died, and then William III, also known as William of Orange, reigned alone from 1694 to 1702. And in the 1700s, Queen Anne reigned until 1714, the Queen of Great Britain and Ireland. Because of the Act of Succession, which said only a Protestant could reign on the throne of England, they had to go to distant cousins in Germany, to the House of Hanover, after the death of Queen Anne, who had a number of children, none of whom survived. So they went to the House of Hanover, and here's where we have the list of the reigns of King George's. King George I, II, III, and the Fourth, from 1714 up until 1830. Those four Georges reigned over England, the most notable of which is King George III, who was the monarch at the time the colonies gained their independence and became the United States. King George IV ruled as King Regent or Prince Regent from 1811 to 1821 because his father uh, had his serious uh, mental problems and his mental capacity was deteriorating. But from 1820 to 1830, King George IV ruled in his own right as King of England, followed by his brother, King William IV, who had many children, but illegitimate, and had no legitimate heirs, so his niece succeeded as Queen Victoria, the Queen of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland, and eventually as Empress of India. Her son succeeded in 1901, after the long reign of Queen Victoria, and her grandson, King George V, was the king during World War I. He reigned from 1910 to 1936, and it was under his reign, especially during World War I, that the former House of Hanover, which had become the House of Saxe, Kohlberg, and Gotha, a German name, was switched to the House of Windsor, named after the Castle of Windsor, to be a more British name of this German family, connected to the English monarchy, but not British completely, and not British in name, but during a war against Germany, the name of the dynasty was switched to the House of Windsor, and it continues to be the House of Windsor down to today through King George V, Edward VIII, who abdicated to Elizabeth's father, George VI, who became the last emperor of India, the first head of the Commonwealth, who died in 1952 after taking the reins of power of the throne in 1936. He died in 1952, and Queen Elizabeth was crowned queen. Queen of the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, and head of the Commonwealth realms. Her 70-year reign came to an end yesterday. So there have been some notable historic figures in the history of the monarchy in England just since the conquest of William the Conqueror, almost a thousand years ago. It's quite a notable history, and one that we as Americans have roots in, having at least on the East Coast formerly been colonies. We now look to the eventual reign of King Charles III, the first king of England named Charles since, 18, since 1685, and while both of them were somewhat ill-fated, Charles I ended his reign by being executed. Charles II 
restored the monarchy, but was known as a a philanderer, a party king. The last Charles was Bonnie Prince Charlie, who tried to take the throne from uh, William and Mary and eventually Queen Anne because he was the descendant of King James II, but because he was Catholic, because of the act of succession, was ineligible. Bonnie Prince Charlie never got the momentum to take the throne. So not the best history of kings of England named Charles, but we'll see how the reign of Charles will go in the next few years. may not be as long. He's in his 70s. He's the longest monarch in waiting in the history of Great Britain. But we wish him well, and we pray for our great ally of this country, England, as we remember the long and notable reign of Queen Elizabeth II, the longest reigning monarch in English history. And we hope for the best for England as we remember its history and look to its future in this great transition. So I thought I would come back from the summer with those reflections given the events of yesterday and the events that will be coming forth in the days and weeks to come with the eventual funeral of Queen Elizabeth II and the eventual coronation of King Charles III in England. So, predominantly a history discussion in this podcast, Faith, Hope, and History, but it's good to be back from the summer. I settle in a new assignment as administrator of a parish in Marin County. I ask for your prayers as I look after the the folks in this parish for the months while their pastor's away on sabbatical, and um, wish you all the best for the coming academic year for those of you who are students and the coming year in general. Look forward to our visits. Thank you for listening. And with any luck, I will talk to you again soon.